بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين سيدنا وحبيبنا وسندنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Respected ulama, honored elders, brothers, mothers, sisters, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We are ever thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the countless blessings that Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala bestows upon us daily. And we send salutations and greetings to the best of creation, Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid. We find ourselves, of course, in the month of Ramadan. And when we think of the month of Ramadan and the months of Ramadan that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum experienced, then there is one such Ramadan out of all of those Ramadans that they experienced that stands out. And it stands out because of one particular day in the month of Ramadan which 438 years ago was marked yesterday, the 17th of Ramadan, which is synonymous to the Battle of Badr. Today our intention is to not only speak of the history of the Battle of Badr, and not just to page through the annals of history, and know it's not going to be a history lesson, although it is quite essential for every Muslim and every Muslimah to know the basis of deen and to realize that the Battle of Badr was such a battle, was such a momentous day that the footprint, of is, the footprint of Islam was cemented on that very day. So apart from going through the history of the Battle of Badr, today we are going to look at different lessons that we can take out from the Battle of Badr. Allah wa ta'ala in Quran mentions the Battle of Badr in different parts of the Quran, in different ayat, on different occasions, and inshallah we will highlight those ayat for you. For now we move to the hadith of Sayyiduna Zayd ibn Arqam radiallahu an mentioned in Bukhari Sharif. A person asked Zayd radiallahu an that, Oh Zayd, how many battles did, did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam participate in? So he replies, 19. Oh Zayd of those 19, how many did you participate with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He replies, 17. And the final question, Oh Zayd, of all of those battles, which was the first battle to have occurred? And he replies with the word Al-Ushayrah or in another narration Al-Ushayru which ultimately refers to the battle of Badr. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had set out on the 12th of Ramadan and the actual day that the battle had occurred was on the 17th of Ramadan as we had just mentioned previously. Now it's important to know that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was not intending for war prior to the battle occurring Many, sometimes a person can think that this was a provocation from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but this was merely a response to a previous provocation what happened was a man by the name of Kurz bin Jabir he comes to Medina Munawwara to the pastures of the Muslims he raids the pastures and he steals some camels from the Muslims when the Muslims and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum are alerted about this they immediately pursue him they managed to retrieve the camels, but Kurz manage, manages to escape. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam receives news of a caravan that will be passing by. And this is known as the caravan of Abu Sufyan. So when he realizes this, he speaks to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and he tells them that perhaps it will be good for us to intercept this caravan as inspired by Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. When Abu Sufyan hears that the Muslims are intending to intercept the caravan, he immediately sends a message to Makkah Mukarramah to Abu Jahl. 
And he says that, Oh Abu Jahl, the Muslims are intending to intercept the caravan laden with your goods, laden with your prophet. So I suggest you immediately send out an army. And we know Abu Jahl sends out an army of a thousand strong, well-equipped men. Now at this point, the Muslims have one of two options because they obviously receive the news that Abu Jahl is now sending a very strong army toward them. And Allah says in Quran, وَإِذْ يَعِدُكُمُ اللَّهُ إِحْدَى الطَّائِفَتَيْنِ أَنَّهَا لَكُمْ وَتَوَدُّونَ أَنَّ غَيْرَ ذَاتِ الشَّوْكَةِ تَكُونُ لَكُمْ وَيُرِيدُ اللَّهُ أَنْ يُحِقَّ الْحَقَّ بِكَلِمَاتِهِ وَيَقْطَعَ دَابِرَ الْكَافِرِينَ That, O oh Muslims, it's the month of Ramadan. You have one of two options. The first option is to intercept the caravan of Abu Sufyan. It's a profitable option. It's an easier option. It requires less effort. But Allah has other intentions. Allah is wishing for you to opt for the second option. And that is to be prepared for battle. That is to go ahead and fight the army of Abu Jahl, the army of the Quraysh. So they go to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Waiting for some guidance from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And at that point, Allah wa ta'ala shows Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a dream and highlights this in Quran. إِذْ يُرِيكَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَنَامِكَ قَلِيلًا Allah shows Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a dream that the army coming from Makkah Mukarramah is not a big army. It's little people. It's a few people. The scholars of tafsir explain that this was done by Allah wa ta'ala in order to assist with the zeal of the Muslims to go ahead and fight. The second lesson, that we should never exaggerate the magnitude of something that we wish to accomplish. Sometimes we have a task in front of us, and yes, it is a difficult task to do. But if you're going to tell yourself that it's a difficult task to do, it will become even more impossible and even more difficult to do so. But if you tell yourself, if you psychologically prepare yourself, and you convince yourself that it's something attainable, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it easy for you. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an explains that when he was standing on the plains of Badr in connection with this ayah, إِذْ يُرِيكَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَنَامِكَ قَلِيلًا Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an taps his friend on the shoulder and says, I think there are about 70 kuffar. I think there's about 70 on the battlefield. There were a thousand strong, 1,000 people. He says, I think there were about 70. And his friend tells him, I think it's 100. That is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prepared them psychologically to go into this battle. Shaitan obviously had his role to play. So he comes in the form of a man by the name of Suraqa ibn Malik. And he comes to the kuffar, he comes to Abu Jahl to show his support. لَا غَالِبَ لَكُمُ الْيَوْمَ مِنَ النَّاسِ وَإِنِّي جَارٌ لَكُمْ Don't stress. The Muslims are very few in number. And we know that they really were just a mere 313 ill-equipped soldiers. But the minute he steps onto the battlefield and he sees the help of Allah wa ta'ala coming in its different forms, he runs away. A person looks at him and says, Suraqa, where are you going? And remember, this is shaitan, obviously. He says, I see what you do not see. And things aren't looking very good. We need to understand just exactly the stance of the Muslims on that day. 313 ill-equipped men, not ready for battle. Remember, once again, they went out to intercept a caravan. So they weren't prepared mentally and perhaps even physically 
for a battle. 313 men, 70 camels, and two horses. 70 camels and two horses. That means if you were to do, if you were to ration it out, it had to be three people, three Muslims to one camel. So Sayyiduna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would share a camel with Sayyiduna Abu Lubaba and Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu an. And obviously they would insist that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, you shouldn't walk. So they would take chances in walking and riding. O oh, Nabi of Allah, you shouldn't walk. You are our leader, you are our commander. You should ride the entire time. What does your and my Nabi reply? The two of you are not stronger than me. And I am not less in need of reward than you. I am not less in need of reward than you. From here we learn two things. The Nabi of Allah for whom everything created around us was created for him. For whom Jannah was created for, never mind being guaranteed a spot in the highest place in Jannah and the best place in Jannah. He still does not miss an opportunity to receive reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where do we stand? Secondly, we learn leadership skill from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That he does not sit at the back and bark out orders. That you do this and you do that. You bring this to me at the end of the month. Make sure the numbers are correct. He is side by side with his companions to ensure victory. At that point, a, a spokesperson from the Muhajireen, Miqdad ibn al-Aswad radiallahu an, he gives a guarantee and a firm answer to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, because they were making mashwara at the time that what do we do? Do we go ahead with the battle? Do we fight? Do we not fight? Do we go for the interception of the caravan? So the Muhajireen, they show their enthusiasm and their zeal to fight. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam accepts this and he's waiting for something to come from the Ansar. Now the reason why perhaps there may have been a little bit of what we can say tension or maybe a bit of uh, reservation when it came to fighting was because the pledge that was taken earlier on by the Ansar in the place called Aqaba, there wasn't really any mention in that pledge to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that if a battle broke out of Medina Munawwara then they would uh, comply and they would fight fully. At that point, the leader of the Ansar, Sayyiduna Sa'd ibn Mu'adh radiallahu an, stands up. And wallah, brothers, his statement can, can, can shake our bones. It should sh send a shiver down our spine. It's a bit lengthy to go through the entire statement. But he tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, perhaps you're waiting for a statement to come from our side. And here goes. O oh, Nabi of Allah, we know that you came out with one intention to intercept the caravan of Abu Sufyan, but Allah had other plans for us. We know that very well. We have accepted you as our Nabi. We have accepted Allah being the only one worthy of worship. We have accepted this message of Islam. O Nabi of Allah, whoever you want to join ties with, we join ties with them. Whoever you want to cut off ties with, we cut off ties with them. Salim man shi'ta, adi man shi'ta. Whoever you want to keep safe, we're happy to keep them safe. Whoever you want to wage war against, we will, we will wage war against them as well. Khud min amwalina ma shi'ta wa a'tina ma shi'ta. Take from our wealth whatever you desire and leave for us and give to us whatever you desire. وَمَا أَخَذْتَ مِنَّا كَانَ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْنَا مِمَّا تَرَكْتَ And whatever wealth you take from us, that wealth that we give you is more beloved than the wealth you leave in our possession. 
Oh Nabi of Allah, if you are ready and if you put us in front of the ocean and tell us to dive, we are ready to dive. Oh Nabi of Allah, if you tell us that we need to go in the battlefield, we are ready to go in the battlefield for your pleasure and for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then entire night we know that the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stands in dua until eventually Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an comes to the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and says it's enough, Allah will listen to us. At that point Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is shown glad tidings of Sayyiduna Jibreel alayhi salam standing with the reins of his horse and the army of the malaika are ready to assist Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The lesson we learn from here brothers, our complaints when the taraweeh is slightly long. Our complaints of when after today's Jumu'ah, we have to sacrifice the Jumu'ah lunch. These are our complaints. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum, that was a true struggle. How can we impress Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with abstinence from food when Allah himself doesn't eat? How can we impress Allah? So oh Allah, I'm staying hungry for you. I'm staying away from food. How can we... Even try to impress Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with abstaining from the pleasures of the dunya when Allah himself does not involve in them. Simply it is a disciplinary, disciplinary procedure from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah wants to see how disciplined are we as Muslims. Anyway, the kuffar take to a ground and take to a certain spot where the ground is good, the land is fertile and there is water. The Muslims are forced to stand on the other side where the ground is very sandy and it's not firm for them to, to be rooted on and to stand on and there is no water for them to have iftar and for them to, uh, to, to perform their wudu and to perform their salah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sends down a rain of rahmah. Allah ta'ala sends this rain and prepares the ground and makes it easier for the Muslims. Utbah, one of the enemies from the kuffar comes out and says, Oh Muhammad, we know you're fasting. We know that your army is fasting. But it's time to start the war. Bring out our rivals. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sends out Ali radiallahu an, Hamza radiallahu an, and Ubaidah ibn Harith radiallahu an. Imagine, for sacrifice, the Nabi of Allah is ready to put his family first. For ease, the Nabi of Allah puts the sahaba radiallahu anhum first. At that point, the three of them, Ali radiallahu an, Hamza radiallahu an, and Ubaidah bin Harith radiallahu an, they go ahead to fight three of the enemies. Ali and Hamza radiallahu anhuma, they succeed in defeating their enemies. Sayyiduna Ubaidah radiallahu an is injured, but the other two manage to capitalize on the opponent. Sayyiduna Ubaidah bin Harith radiallahu an is injured very severely on his leg. And he asks Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, will I be counted among the martyrs? And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, of course. At that point, he is at peace and he utters these final couplets before he passes away. That if they cut off my leg, so what? Who cares if they cut off my leg? I am still a Muslim. I am still a mu'min. And I have firm hope in Allah wa ta'ala that he promised me, promises me and gives me a high status in Jannah. The battle breaks out. And the participants of Badr then go out into the field. For us to understand the status of these individuals, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a hadith, لَعَلَّ اللَّهَ إِطَّلَعَ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِ بَدْرٍ فَقَالَ اِعْمَلُوا مَا شِئْتُمْ فَإِنِّي قَدْ غَفَرْتُ لَكُمْ That if Allah wa ta'ala were to have any kind of perception of the people of Badr, 
it would be such that, O Badriyin, O people that have participated in this battle, that cemented the footprint of, the footprint of Islam, you can do what you wish now for I have forgiven you. This is obviously a show of emphasis of how pleased Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was with this group of Sahaba. Some scholars of hadith and tafsir actually mention that if a person wishes for his du'as to be readily accepted, then after he makes du'a, he should just take the names of the people that participated in the battle of Badr. Those Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een. We know that obviously the Muslims were victorious in this battle and now we come to the conclusion and there are a few things that we wish to highlight. Firstly, Abu Jahl being the leader of that army, his arrogance was at such a height that there were two youngsters that saw him on the battlefield. And actually the story behind it or the hadith goes as follows, that these two youngsters, they go to a certain Sahabi and they ask that Sahabi that, which one is Abu Jahl? They're small, they're in their teens. They're in their teens. Which one is Abu Jahl? So the elderly Sahabi points out that that man is Abu Jahl. Immediately they go and they vie with each other to see who can take him down first. And when they were inquired that why are you so interested to know who Abu Jahl is? They replied that that is the man that harmed my Nabi. And they take down Abu Jahl. Once the battle subsides, and the Muslims are victorious, they go out into the battlefield to see the bodies. And Rasulullah requests for the body of Abu Jahl to be brought. Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Mas'ud comes to the body of Abu Jahl and he still has some breath in him. When he looks at Ibn Mas'ud, he tells Ibn Mas'ud that will you kill a greater man than me ever in your life? Will you kill a more greater man than me? And at that point, Abu Jahl looks at him and he says, but I'm going to be killed by a shepherd. Couldn't someone else kill me? Then he tells him that make sure you cut my head off. If you're going to cut my head off, make sure you cut it a bit closer to my neck or more closer to my chest so that when they put their heads on the sticks, then my head will be higher than all the other people's heads. This was the arrogance of Abu Jahl that he showed up to his final moments. Even Fir'aun, even Fir'aun, if he was given a few more moments, he was even ready to accept Iman. But the Fir'aun of this ummah, he was arrogant up until his last breath. When it came to addressing the issue of the captives of the battle of Badr, Wallahi brothers, there is no deen, there is no religion other than Islam that promotes peace the way Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had promoted peace. When it came to the captives of Badr, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam told the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een, treat them well. Treat them well. To such an extent that some Sahaba radiallahu anhum, whatever food they would cook, whatever food they would cook, they would take out food first for the captives, go give the captives to ensure each of them are satiated and then they would come and eat. There was one Sahabi, his name slips me now, but one Sahabi, he would prepare a scrumptious meal for the captive that he had by him. He would prepare a scrumptious meal. He'd give it to that captive. After that, he would go down to his, to his plate and he would eat dates. And that captive would ask him that this doesn't make sense. You're giving me such a lavish meal and here you are eating dates. He said, don't ask me anything. Don't tell me anything. My Nabi commanded me to be good to you. I'm being good to you. Don't ask me any questions. Don't throw any obstacles in front of me. I am ready to accept whatever my Nabi says. 
This was the Ramadan of Ramadans in the life of Sahaba radiallahu anhum. The day that Islam had started its legacy, the day that the legacy of Islam was imprinted. And we need to take lesson from this brothers. That we need to go out and we need to learn about our history. We need to learn about these different battles that have taken place. Not for fun or not for storytelling or for, 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 for any kind of entertainment. But it is for us to take lessons from how can we bring the lessons of Badr into our daily lives. We try to do so today and we hope that Allah Taala imbibes in me firstly the ability to practice on whatever has been said and give us all the tawfiq to do those actions that are pleasing to him. We end off by requesting everyone to inshallah recite the dua as, uh, as encouraged by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa during the month of Ramadan. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Ashhadu an la ilaha
الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين سيدنا وحبيبنا وسندنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد نصركم الله ببدر وأنتم أذلة فاتقوا الله لعلكم تشكرون إذ تقول للمؤمنين ألن يكفيكم أن يمدكم ربكم بثلاثة آلاف من الملائكة منزلين بلى إن تصبروا وتتقوا ويأتوكم من فورهم هذا يمددكم ربكم بخمسة آلاف من الملائكة مسومين وقال تعالى وما أنزلنا على عبدنا يوم الفرقان يوم التقى الجمعان وقال تعالى وإذ يعيدكم الله إحدى الطائفتين أنها لكم وتودون أن غير ذات الشوكة تكون لكم ويريد الله أن يحق الحق بكلماته ويقطع دابر الكافرين ليحق الحق ويبطل الباطل ولو كره المجرمون وقال تعالى إذ يريكهم الله في منامك قليلا ولو أراكهم كثيرا لفشلتم وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام لعل الله اطلع على أهل بدر فقال اعملوا ما شئتم فإني قد غفرت لكم أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم إنه تعالى جواد كريم ملك بر رؤوف رحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما ف فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته وعن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وفي رواية معمر عن قتادة مرسلا وأقضاهم علي وأفرضهم زيد بن ثابت وأقرأهم أبي بن كعب وأعلمهم بالحلال والحرام معاذ بن جبل ولكل أمة أمين وأمين هذه الأمة أبو عبيدة بن الجراح رواه أحمد الترمذي وعن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا اللهم احفظه في ولده رواه الترمذي وعن عبد الله بن مغفل رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للعباس 
الله الله في أصحابي الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم ومن آذاهم فقد آذاني ومن آذاني فقد آذى الله ومن آذى الله فيوشك أن يأخذه رواه الترمذي ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى من الفعل والقول والنية والهدى إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر إخواننا المسلمين والمستضعفين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم جعل هذا البلد آمنا مطمئنا وسائر بلاد المسلمين ومقدساتهم ربنا تقبل منا صيامنا وقيامنا وركوعنا وسجودنا وتلاوتنا وجميع أعمالنا ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون قوموا لله قانتين رسلتنا الصفوف Stand close to each other. There is still place in the masjid on the on either side of the masjid. So brothers that are standing outside can inshallah come inside and still fill, fill in the sufuf. الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين لا يستوي أصحاب النار وأصحاب الجنة أصحاب الجنة هم الفائزون لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا 
لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمثال نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إن بطش ربك لشديد إنه هو يبدئ ويعيد وهو الغفور الودود ذو العرش المجيد فعال لما يريد هل أتاك حديث الجنود فرعون وثمود بل الذين كفروا في تكذيب والله من ورائهم محيط بل هو قرآن مجيد في لوح محفوظ
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب رب رحمهما كما ربياني صغيرا اللهم رب رحمهم كما ربونا صغارا ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من الخير كله عاجله وآجله ما علمنا منه وما لم نعلم ونعوذ بك من الشر كله عاجله وآجله ما علمنا منه وما لم نعلم اللهم إنا نسألك من الخير اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذ منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام سمعنا وأطاعنا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير برحمتك يا رحم الرحمين